Hello and welcome to episode three of the H-Dog Pod. If you've listened to the first two episodes of this podcast, it's been fun, light, and silly. Tragically, this past Sunday in Calabasas, California, NBA superstar Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven others lost their lives in a horrific helicopter accident. In deference to the lives lost, this podcast won't be fun and games. I wanted to pay tribute, however, to the legend, the icon, and champion Kobe Bryant, and thought there was no one better to talk about the Black Mamba than my good friend Eric Rosales to honor the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Okay, and now welcome on a great friend of mine who worked with me for many years at TSN, and he's Mr. Basketball. I couldn't think of anyone else better suited to talk about the legacy of Kobe than my friend Eric Rosales. Uh, first of all, Eric, uh, how are you holding up? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, today's today's a better day. It's still kind of um, surreal and everything, uh, and and it's just been, you know, any basketball sports fan or anyone who knows anything about anything was was kind of affected by this. Um, it's been a really rough go. Uh, like my family, we're big, we're a big basketball family, watching family. So when it hit, it was it was pretty tough to take. But you know, like everything, everything will be all right. But it was it was a, that was a bad one, man. It's gonna be it's gonna take a while to like fully kind of sports heal on this one, you know. Yeah, and you know, in here, all the you know the information is coming out little by little, and it's just more and more heartbreaking. I saw today uh, the helicopter was like twenty to thirty feet from clearing uh, a, a, the cliff that it that it ran into, and it's just like, oh my god! Like the more you hear about it, obviously, the more you know. It's just when you hear more of the details, and you think it's it was oh so close for being avoided. It's uh, oh, it's just so demoralizing. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's really. Um it's really rough to take. I mean, we were actually celebrating my stepson's birthday. It was his birthday kind of weekend. And um, we were having lunch out in the burbs. And, and so we're out somewhere and I get a text from one of my friends. I, uh, I run on, I run, I have a text circle with a couple of my basketball friends and all we do is talk hoops. So it doesn't matter what time of day, just whatever conversations come up, they're real hard, hardcore hoop heads. And, um, and one of them just said, I don't know if this is true or not, but um, it says Kobe died in a, in a helicopter crash. And, the other guy responded, uh, the second guy responded, he goes, yeah, I heard that too. And so I looked at it and I'm like, come on, man, you know? And so I, the first thing I did was I jumped onto ESPN and nothing was on there yet on the, on the app. And so I was like, okay. And so I went on to uh, Twitter and it was, uh, who was the first one that reported TMZ, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever, right? They're, they're, they're nonsense, right? And I couldn't, I'm like, but what did this happen? So I just kind of blurted out, like I just swore at the table, right? And so my wife looks over and everyone's there, like every, the whole family, and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, man, I don't really know how to say this, but it says here that Kobe, um, he, yeah, it says he died in a helicopter crash. And when that happened, everybody both, everyone was like, nah, whatever, it's all, bull- you know, it's all a lie. And then we started going on, and so we went into safari, and uh, typed in just Kobe death, and the first name that came up on that Twitter kind of kind of table they put on there was Adrian Wojnarowski, and he confirmed it. And I was like, I mean, we were just sunk, you know. After that, I couldn't even tell you what the rest of the day entailed. The only other part that I could remember was we left the rest, like the uh, restaurant, and we were on our way to uh, to go bowling. And as we're driving there on the radio, it just says now confirmed because we didn't know who was confirmed or not confirmed, but. Now confirmed it was Kobe was on there with his daughter, Gianna. And then I was just like, oh, my God. Like, just brutal. So it was just uh, it was a rough day. And, and like I said, it's been it's difficult to 
take, especially with like, you know, how how this all went down. Um, I think part of it is the superstars. Um, you know, you're a sports fan. I'm a, you know, we, we grew up in a certain time where, um, you know, the the great athletes of the previous generation they they were on their way to retiring, and this whole new breed was coming in, and we really haven't lost um, major superstar icons and stuff uh, in in recent years. You know, like I try to think of them, and it's like there have been tragic stories. Don't get me wrong, and, and they're all really bad. But like I, I think you know, Muhammad Ali was probably the biggest sports figure that died recently. And him uh, and recently. like Arnold Palmer and Gordie Howe, but they were obviously much much older in their life, so exactly. they, they lived a full life. Exactly. And that's totally it. It's a full life. And like one of the first things, you know, I mean, your mind is everywhere when you're hearing this, but I think about it as like, think of all like the Laker greats and maybe minus Will Chamberlain and George Mikan, all of them are still alive and around and, and all of the athletes that we look at and uh, we, we remember from the past and, you know, they're old and it's cool to see them from time to time, you know, like, like, um, I'll watch, I'll put on the TV and I'll see like Wayne Gretzky is at this golf tournament. I'm like, Oh, look at that guy, man. Look at that dude. You know? And I'll think, man, that guy was so badass this year when he did this and this, I remember when he did this and you know, it just brings up conversation mm-hmm. and like, and that's why it's so weird is that we're not like, we're not going to see him do that. And, you know, I, I would picture him doing studio shows. I would picture him doing, you know, slam dunk contests, being totally ridiculous, um, judging it and just all kinds of stuff, you know? And, uh, and now we don't have that, so it's a really big loss. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, well, I was going to get to that actually. What? So, what was he doing post career? I know he won an Oscar for an animated short uh, film. Uh, what? What? Where did you see Kobe going? You know, further on in his career, like would he would he be a general manager? Do you think, or uh, where 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 was where was the career trajectory of Kobe? Because I'm sure whatever he did, it would have been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably the biggest. There's two takeaways I had, like initial thoughts when I first heard about this news about this loss. I mean, obviously, again, I need to mention this too because it just sounds like we're talking about Kobe and his daughter, but you know, our hearts are out to the entire everybody that was on that helicopter crash. I mean, there's great people, great stories, and really the essential part is that there was just a, a bunch of parents and coaches taking their kids to a to a basketball game. So. Um, hearts out to them and everything. Yeah, and I, and I've been guilty of that as well as I am right now. You know, uh, just saying, you know, Kobe and his daughter Gianna, and then the seven other people. Unfortunately, you know that that'll always be sort of the side, not a sidebar, but it'll be mm-hmm. and the seven other people as opposed to you know talking about their lives. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it is it is very tough. Yeah, and and it's really cool. The TNT. Uh, I don't know if you watched the broadcast yesterday, but oh, it was TNT fantastic. Show. Fantastic. Um, it was so good, and. Um, and they did it. They were able to do a nice tribute to all the family. So I thought it was really great. Um, but to answer your question about where he was going, uh, I, I honestly I cannot tell you this enough. But I think the sky was the limit for him in whatever he wanted to do. He already won an Oscar, which I, I really like. It's hard to even wrap your head around that if you think about it. Like, think about somebody who was literally the best at what he did in one particular thing, jumping out, and in the first year being the best at another thing. It's insane. Like, you know, um, we can't go on to, uh, I mean, think about being like, a, you know, being a football player, winning the Super Bowl, and then going out and like, I don't know, I don't know what, what you could compare it to, becoming like a winning, winning master chef or something. You know, like it just doesn't, these things don't really correlate, right? So mm-hmm. um, he has a production company with uh, communications and he was into all kinds of stuff, which I think is was really 
cool about it is that he took sports and the values from sports and tried to instill it into his storytelling for young people, kind of as an inspirational thing. So I think he was going to be great at that. I think he was going to be, I actually, I know that he was going to be better um, in his second phase than he was in his first phase, which if you think about it, it would be incredible because he's arguably, not arguably, he's without a doubt one of the top basketball players of his, arguably the top of his generation, but without a doubt one of the best ever to do it. But I still think he was going to be better in whatever he was doing in this next phase because he was just so good at that kind of stuff. You know, he was just so good at like being great um, and putting in the work and stuff. And that's sort of like the one of the takeaways I think of the most. Is why it's so sad is that you know this guy. He's like he's like this this mercenary basketball player, and his whole life was to destroy people and dominate people and not be friends and everything. And that was the first phase of his career. And, like, to be honest, I mean, you can ask anybody. I was not a Kobe fan. I actually cheered against him, you know, ruthlessly. Um, but as he went past, you know, when he got into the second half, the second phase of his career, he just he just started to, like, you know, he became a family man. And, and just ever so slightly, uh, maybe he didn't um, mellow out, but he really just kind of shifted a little bit. And that shift was, like, was the world, you know. He became, like, a mentor to players. He became this unbelievable family man um and he just he just really became like the superstar that we want superstars to be like just great at everything you know so uh, as you can tell it's it's like uh, you know my mind is just continually racing when i think about it like and i think about it i've thought about it so much um that's it's really tough man yeah it's sort of like i feel very similar to uh, a good friend of his tiger woods in terms of you know tiger was always very, you know, singularly focused and at the task at hand and destroying everyone on the golf course and didn't let anyone in really. And you sort of wanted to see the other side of him. And then Tiger, as the last couple of years, has uh, since he had, you know, had the injuries and didn't look like he was ever going to become a top player again, he sort of let people in just like Kobe did after retirement. And it's a really cool thing to see the other side of them, you know? Oh my God, it's the best. I, and that's really where, like, basically after where I really um, kind of gravitated towards him was after he came back from his injuries. I mean, I just was rooting for the guy. Like, you know, in, in terms of basketball, before he, the reason why he injured his Achilles, why, why his Achilles snapped is that his body basically said no. If you read, and it's an ESPN article from, from around that time, but the reason Kobe's Achilles snapped wasn't because, you know, whatever, um, this uh, like injury caught up to him or all that stuff. It's because he was putting his body through an absolute grinder at his age to, to get the Lakers into the playoffs. And I believe it was a eight-game stretch where he was playing over like close to 46 minutes a game. And his body was an absolute wreck. And he was the, the physical embodiment of dragging a dead corpse into the playoffs. And watching that stretch, I was just like, this guy is psycho. You know, <laughs> like he's a total psycho. He's already won his, um, I think he had won five titles at that point. He wanted it so badly. And this team that he was given with Nash, uh, broken down Steve Nash, and head case um, Dwight Howard just wasn't doing it, and a bunch of other cast-offs, and he was still doing his thing. And then his Achilles went. And and we were like, you know, he was at already at an advanced age, and I was like, you know, we just wanted him to get back. I really wanted him to get back because I really wanted to see it out. I didn't want him to go out like that. And, you know, after that, his, his 
he really wasn't the same physically, and he had knee injuries after and so, uh, shoulder injuries after. But it was around that time, I think, man, that, that basketball mortality kind of sets in, and I think that's when he really started to have to watch the game. He couldn't, he couldn't just be in the gym putting up shots, working on his craft, all that stuff, because he couldn't. His body physically wouldn't allow him to. And I think that's where he kind of had a chance to, I mean, think about stuff or be more about his family and be more about other things that weren't just Kobe Bryant focused. And, uh, and the result is like, this amazing, like just unbelievable person that came out of that. So, which is the person that I cheered for down the stretch and, and into his retirement life and everything. So and that's a heartbreaking thing is that he, he would take the helicopter, uh, to be able to see his kids more. He wanted to, he, the reason he did use the helicopter as opposed to being in LA traffic was to be able to see his kids more often. And he wanted to be that better, that better dad and be able, and to be able to see them more. And, you know, for, to, to ultimately be what uh, killed him is uh, just awful. And, um, uh, it's just hard. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard to process and, you know, because you just want to be at his daughter's game, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, just on that point, I mean, I'm sure people are, I mean, there's a bunch of Kobe videos that all you need to do is jump on social and that's everything right now. But there's a there's that podcast with him and Alex Rodriguez and he asks him about the helicopter. And I mean, his answer is like, oh my God, it's like heartbreaking. He just says, you know, I, I do this so that I can get home and get in the, in the uh, parking line to pick up my kids from school. I mean, what dude, what superstar wants to get on a helicopter so that he can get into his car to line up like a, just an average Joe to make sure that he gets his kids at school, man. And it was like, it was genuine. And and that's what I really think was like the coolest part about it was that he was still, um, still like dominant in like, uh, in wanting to succeed in everything he did. And I think he put that into his parenting and stuff too. And I guess that's the part that, you know, my wife and I would talk about this all the time. And, you know, her thing was that he's like, he's just, it's, he's like at this point where it seems like everything is good now and he's happy, you know, like, like they have these kids, they just had another child in June. Oh, he was going to be a, so, you know, a oh. full-time, full-time dad. Like, and that's the reason why probably they decided to have kids because, you know, um, Vanessa Bryant knew that he was going to be there and he was going to, you know, be this great dad to all these, to his daughters and stuff. And I think that that's, this is kind of the part where I'm like, man, it's so unfair. Like the guy, you know, he was not without his faults. You know, we all know all the all the things that have happened with him. You know, obviously the Colorado situation, and and you know, he was most people had an opinion of Kobe, and it was like it was either good or bad, right? I mean, he wasn't the most endearing to his um, to to people uh, when he first came into the league, but you know, he, he just kind of figured it out. He was 17 years old, and we just watched him grow up and stuff, and and like to, to have it cut so short. I think that's the part that um, that affected us because. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, you know me, like, I'm not real sentimental about, and I think there's a certain thing about celebrity that kind of, I'm kind of turned off by, but this was like the first one, the first celebrity incident of someone who I I don't know at all, Um, and I was really, really sad, like, really choked up, and like, you know, I was firing off texts to you guys, to some other friends, and just like, you know, to like people who just loved hoops, loved sports, like people I hadn't talked to in a while and just been like, man, this is really messed up, man. And, and everybody felt that way, <laughs> you know, it was like, it wasn't just like a one thing and, and all you need to do is look at these videos going on in uh, LA Live outside Staples Center. It's literally like an ongoing shrine now, you know, like 
There are hundreds of people there every day, and it just—I don't know how long that's going to go for, but I feel like—I feel like it's just going to end up being like a museum kind of visit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, actually, but back to uh, we were talking about his daughter. One of the favorite clips I saw online was from Jimmy Kimmel a couple of years ago, when basically yeah. he was talking about how people would come up to him at a restaurant and his daughter was there and saying, oh, Kobe, you have to have a son. You have to have a son to be able to carry out, carry out your legacy. And then he said, I don't know. She said, Gianna's like, no, no, I got this. I got yeah. this. And obviously I didn't know much about his daughter. I knew she was an up and comer and, you know, might very well have been seen like on the career trajectory to becoming an NBA, a WNBA player. But just knowing that it sounded like she had that swagger that Kobe, Kobe had. Uh, I love that. That was, that was so cool to know. And uh, just so tragic. Oh my God! Absolutely. I mean, he was on a podcast. I mean, everywhere he went, he talked about his daughter. He he was glowing about her, and and it, it's such a great story. But it's so like devastating now to think about it. Is that she really had the basketball gene, and he that's what he would say in interviews. You know, she had it. Whatever it is that he had, it, it got into her. As opposed to like it always skips a generation is what I heard, and it, so it skipped his oldest Natalia, and it went to uh, uh, Gianna, and and they were. They were like basketball buddies, you know, like and in, in the best way, like like soul connected basketball minds and stuff. And um, one of the ones that always gets me is that like when he's walking into Staples Center, they kind of do that shot from the back. Uh, he's going, he's sitting a uh, floor seats with his daughter, and they follow him out into the out of the tunnel into into Staples. And I I think about it, I'm like, man, how cool is it that this guy who literally built this building, you know now gets to enjoy the fruits of his labor and and put it let his daughter enjoy that life and to see all these things and to like kind of fulfill her dreams and kind of get the best seat to do it and everything i was like man it's so cool and it's and it's just so like oh you get back to it and and i mean these pictures i'm telling you anybody with even like half of a soul starts looking at these pictures and you look at, at them enough i mean it's just like tears your heart apart you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i the, the point i was gonna make I, I, like i said there was two points and one of them was i truly believe that kobe was going to be better in his second phase than his first phase but the other one is i really and i swear to god i thought this before i really think that the plan for those two they were plotting a path to get gianna to be the first female player in the nba Ooh, wow that would that would have been incredible yeah and i and I have no basis behind it. I just, I just see the way that they were, they were sitting together and talking about it and scheming and just the way that he was putting all of his basketball knowledge into like basically his machine and processing it into this young computer mind. And I feel like it was, it was the plan. I mean, it was about seven years away. So he had all that chance to do it. And, you know, if you look at some, one of his last interviews, somebody had asked him about, um, about his daughter and then asked him if, uh, if you, if you'd ever see a female in the NBA, and he said, right now there are female players in the WNBA that could be in the NBA, and I think he named Sue Bird and uh, I forget who the other other two were, but he mentioned them. And when I heard that, I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure this guy's like, you know, because he ain't thinking small beans, right? He's always thinking bigger, bigger, bigger. And I think that, you know, that was sort of one of the things. Like, and and if you think about it now, we're like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but. I don't know, man. I think that it is something that was completely possible. That's so. a great point. No, it's uh, that would that would have been obviously incredible. And uh, no, it's a it's a it's an awesome point. Uh, 
what were some of your just uh, from actual from the basketball itself, some of your favorite uh, Kobe memories? <laughs> well, um, the closest, I mean, I've never talked to him or anything, but the closest I ever came to him, I was working on uh, the Olympics in 2012, so I had to do a story. And, um, and of course, he came to town with the Lakers, and it was a February game. And I actually had to pull it up to, to recall it because it was amazing. It was, it was a sold-out house. So um, when you got media accreditation, if you weren't a writer for a team, you couldn't sit on media row in the front. They had always done um, auxiliary media um, in the stands, like in a 300 level or like um, in uh, uh, above the wheelchair seating. But because it was such a big game and it was completely sold out, they didn't, they weren't able to put media there. You had to sit in the 500 level in the box um, where you would be for like hockey games and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I had to be up there, which is cool. I don't know if you've ever been up there at that time, but um, the perspective is really wild. You're like, it's like watching you know, overhead view and everything. And I got to watch Kobe Bryant um, hit a game-winning jumper over the corner. And uh, it was cool because it was the first time I'd actually seen it live, but you could you could hear the collective gasp. I believe that, you know, I can't recall exactly how the game played out, but, you know, the Lakers they were there, uh, and Raptors were back and forth, and the Raptors had a possession, and they had a chance to, you know, either go up by three or four, or four with a three-pointer, and, and everybody was like, you have to do this because we all know what's going to happen if they get the ball back and everything. And, of course, you know, not the Raptors weren't able to convert, and they get the ball back, and Kobe gets the inbound pass, and with, like, four seconds left, catches it, goes to the corner, takes a couple of dribbles, and then rises up and, of course, bangs home a jumper. And you just hear the collective, like, gasp of the audience. You know, they knew it was coming, and it still happened and stuff. It was just wild. It was, it was one of the cool things to watch. And then... I got to go into the locker room to do post game, and you know it's crazy. There was so many media members there, but Kobe was like he he had to do his treatment, he had to do his ice, he had to do a massage, then he took a shower. I mean, he was. We waited about forty minutes for him to come out after the game, right? Um, or or after we had been let into the room, it was about a forty minute wait. And so he comes out, and again, um, you know, just watching him and and cabbies there. And he, you know, they're buddies and stuff. So I watch them talk and I'm like three feet away from them. And I'm like, it was the first time I kind of thought, holy crap, this is Kobe Bryant, man. This is really cool, man. This guy is like, you know, at that time he had just won his, uh, he was coming off his fifth championship. It was 2012 and, um, or he had been two years removed from the title. And I just, I was like kind of in awe, but not really. And, you know, you, you're doing your job. So you're like, wow, this is a neat moment. And then of course the, the throng of media comes in by his locker. And I'm like, I kid you not, I'm about 11 rows back. I couldn't record anything. I'm holding an iPhone. It's like, what am I doing? I can't hear shit. <laughs> um, I had to actually, thank God, a TSN radio guy was up front and uh, snuggled his way in and was able to send me the final copy afterwards. But uh, And there was some stuff about the Olympics. But man, without that, I would have been in so much trouble. But yeah, it was just like, that was the closest I came. And what I ended up doing was I just took a picture and I snapped that picture. And it's like, and this week I, or the last couple of days, I went back in my files and because I posted it on Facebook for some of my Lakers friend, uh, fan friends, and I and I went back and I found it, and I was like, "That's it, man. That's the that's the closest I came to to kind of being near that guy and stuff." And it was, uh, I guess, my you know, other than the basketball memories, which are amazing, uh, that's like the closest uh, personal encounter that ever happened. So, yeah, it's uh it's that's uh, a that's a great story, and uh, I, I can't imagine like. You know, if you see your, your your hero or someone you obviously look up to so much like that, and you're trying to be a professional, of course, but at the same time you're probably geeking out inside 
uh, you know, it'd be tough to not uh, keep it together. You know, it's uh, that would yeah. be really challenging. Yeah, I've always talked about. I was trying to figure that out. Like again, like I told you, I wasn't a Kobe fan, right? So I was just kind of in awe of him because of the the respect. Like, so you didn't have to like him, but you had to respect him. You can't not like you know all these debates about Kobe this and Kobe that. You can have them, but if you don't have the respect for him and say you know he is he's a five time champion and he's one of the best to ever do it then you can't really say, like, you can't argue like that because you have to respect what he did. And that's sort of what it was with him. <laughs> Truth be told, I wasn't a big Jordan fan either. I wasn't. I mean, I respected the hell out of him and I was amazed by him, but I wasn't uh, a big fan of his. So, um, But I was a big fan of Kobe down the stretch, which is why it sucks because he's just uh, such a good, you know, such a good story of um, not just on the basketball court about being a mentor to these people, but also being a family guy. And for also like, you know, the people have said this a ton of times this this week. He wasn't perfect at all, man. He was flawed. He was he was petty and petulant, and he was you know kind of crusty with the media at times. And he was you know he was it was a lot of things. And 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 his marriage was in shambles. But it's like a pretty cool redemption story and how he fixed his life and how he kind of kind of worked on his ethos of like he was always like Mamba mentality, but he just had this ethos of like working hard, working at things and. And just to kind of see it kind of unfold in, in this great way and being so happy for other players, you know. Like, I don't think 10 years ago, the the 10-year the veteran Kobe Bryant would have hated to hear somebody passing him on the scoring list, I think. Right, yep. But, yep. you know, like, again, his last tweet was, like, the LeBron, uh, congratulating LeBron for passing him for third on the all-time list. I mean, this is why it's so wild is that, like, we were just talking about this um, in – other terms, you know, I, I just, uh, I remember coming back from dinner on, uh, on Saturday night and I was like, Oh man, I, f- I forgot the, uh, I forgot that the Lakers and Sixers game was on. So I went back and you know how bell has that chance for you to like watch live again or hit the rewind button on stuff. So I rewinded it just to find the part where he's, where he's, uh, where LeBron scored the points to pass Kobe. So I rewinded that. And then I went to, um, to see if there was any post game comments. And I, and this is so funny is that TSN was like, okay, let's cut to LeBron. And you know how, um, when when the show's cut to uh, to an interview, there are really easy outs to get out of it uh, out of an interview, right? It's like question answer, question answer, and then they cut to a commercial. We're going to break, right? But LeBron's response was so uh, so good, but there was no natural out because they just asked a question. The first question was, "How does it feel to to surpass Kobe Bryant?" And he went on for like almost five minutes talking straight. Telling stories, there was there was no natural out. So the TV minded me is thinking the director is like, oh my god, oh my god, we're dying, we're dying. What are we gonna do? And it just kept going and going. And and I swear, and, and then that interview happened. And then the next day, it's it was all like he was gone. Yeah. You know? So it's just a it's just a crazy confluence of events that led to it. Yeah, it really does show. And and people say it. Uh, unfortunately, people will say it after someone dies, but we should do it. Uh, all all the other times of the year as well, you know, hold your family tight and, uh, you know, love them and tell, tell them that you love them and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's so important to do because you really don't know how quickly things could change. And I guess, and yeah. I guess in the final note, I was to ask you, where does the basketball world uh, go from here? Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. Cause I've been thinking about this too. So I think that, um, the Jersey retirement thing, I know Dallas has already said that no other player in Dallas history is going to wear the eight and 24, um, I don't know if the league will retire his jerseys. I know other teams might do it. Other players have switched off of the jersey for respect. 
I think it's whatever they want to do is whatever they want to do. I what I'm what I think is is that the NBA has to do this properly because um, this is a big one, man. Like you cannot you cannot butcher this up. Like you can't. Uh, it has to be a full on real tribute that that people are going to remember because this is. I mean, this is like a global. They're their global icon and and the basketball community is really hurting and stuff and they need this from the NBA. So um, my suggestion. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the right award is for him. And uh, obviously, the Bill Russell, it's, they just named the MVP of the finals the Bill Russell Award, so that's not there. Um, uh, there's, been, there's been petitions for the Kobe Bryant uh, to replace Jerry West as the logo. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that, too. I think my, my idea is, I think instead of, um, or maybe to go along with, you know how they have the Christmas Day games? Mm-hmm. I think that they should have the Kobe Day games. And that would be like a prime time list. And and the thing is, is that um, what they'll do with that is they will. It's not preset. It's like at maybe the I don't know the uh, All Star break. Look at the best teams and the best players, and then put those in like a prime time block of like four or five prime time games. And it's called Kobe Day, and it's only the best players, the best representations of who Kobe Bryant would be. You know that sort of thing and have those games on as, like, the best, most competitive days. And I feel like that would be the best day of basketball uh, for any basketball fan, you know. And you can have it on the 8th or the 24th of, of the month. That's and, right. You know, uh, just there's so many tributes and so much respect for, for Kobe. It's uh, it's just you really do see, obviously, in the basketball world, in the sports world, but just in the world in general, just this icon, this global legend that far exceeded just basketball terms, you know. Everyone knows Kobe Bryant, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's gonna take a while to process, but uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming on here and uh, trying to put into words something that uh, sort of is is impossible to do. But I uh, appreciate you doing that. Oh man, it is. Uh, it's really more than anything. It's cathartic when you ask me to uh, to speak about it. I mean, I've I've been talking about it for di- for the days, um, just with family and friends and stuff, and. And I mean, I've been consuming as much of this content as possible. Uh, it's different because I know before I would have been reading every column, and I feel like there's no there's no column that kind of encapsulates all of this. And and people have tried, and I just feel like I need more and more. And I I watch every show to try to hear what people have to say, and I I'm just like I'm I'm in, it's I'm like a, a slave to it. I'm like watching as much as I can. So uh, just a chance to kind of to kind of speak about it is a really cool thing, man. So I appreciate that too. Yeah, thank you for coming on the uh, H-Dog pod, and uh, we'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much to Eric Rosales for such an eloquent discussion on Kobe Bryant and his amazing life, career, and imprint he left in the world. The man, the myth, the legend, gone far too soon at the age of 41.